In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So today we read about the visitation, right? Whenever Elizabeth and St. Mary meet each other. And so obviously Mary hears the news that she will give birth to the Son of God. And right away, what does she do? She runs over to see Elizabeth, to go to see her cousin. All right, now, this is obviously a big sacrifice for her because she's pregnant and, you know, whenever you're pregnant, it's not like it's a walk in the park. You go through a lot of bodily changes. Your body is a little harder to manage. And so she's making a big sacrifice to go to visit her cousin in that condition, right? And her cousin's already pregnant with St. John for six months, right? And so they go and they see each other. Now, the way that she did this is very interesting because despite what's going on in her life, like this big news, her body's changing, a lot's going on, she ran over to see Elizabeth, right? In Luke one thirty nine and 40, Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. She went with haste, right? And it's not like she ran to brag about the news, like, hey, guess what? I'm going to give birth to the Messiah. You know, look at me. I'm, I'm all this and that. No, she went to serve. She went because she found out her cousin's been pregnant and six months along. And of course, you know, her cousin's going to be struggling as well. So she went just to serve her cousin. And she did that with haste. So that's, of course, a big sacrifice. And so... With this service, this love, this sacrifice, we still see so much joy, all right? Who is joyful in this scene? You see St. Mary and Elizabeth up there. You see Christ in St. Mary's womb and John in Elizabeth's womb. Who's rejoicing here? <laughs> Everyone, Right? Everyone's rejoicing. So Elizabeth tells St. Mary in Luke one forty four, For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Right? So of course, that's St. John rejoicing, like his little happy dance in there. Right? St. Mary is also rejoicing. And we see that in the Magnifica in, in Luke one forty seven and 48. She, she begins this praise saying, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Right? So Elizabeth hears this. She's just overwhelmed with joy that the mother of her Savior is coming to visit her. And in her womb, her babe is rejoicing. And of course, the source of all joy is in St. Mary's womb. So this whole scene, if you look up at this icon, is just filled with joy. And it's a joyful occasion in the midst of sacrifice and love and service. Right? And so I want to continue talking about the season of joy and to reflect on joy in service. Right? You know, for the last couple of weeks, we spoke about joy in different areas. In part one, we spoke about the joy in asceticism. And in part two, we spoke about joy in obscurities, right? So now we want to talk about joy in service, okay? 
The natural product of service is joy. The outcome of service is joy. That's just naturally what happens when we serve. In Luke 10, 17, we see this explicitly when the disciples come back after serving and going out to preach and going out to heal the sick and so on. It says that the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They experienced the grace of service. They experienced the power of God's name. And when they went out and preached and cast out demons, they returned with joy. When we serve, we're also filled with joy. Service is joyful from every angle. Every angle of service is joyful. If we understand the real nature of service, that becomes very obvious to us. Okay, so let's first clarify some fundamental principles about service. Okay, we know that service is about offering. It's about giving, right? But who are we serving, right? And who is the one serving or giving? And what exactly is it that we're giving when we're serving? Okay, so these are some questions I want to address. And so let's look at these questions one by one, okay? Who is the one who gives? Who is the one who serves? Who is the one who offers? We've been reflecting on this psalm for the last few weeks. We've been praying for the church. You all know this psalm, Psalm 127. It begins, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor have labored in vain. And unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen have watched in vain. So from that psalm, we get the sense that it is God who labors. It is God who works. It's God who watches. Okay? He is the one doing the work. And in John 15, 5, Christ tells us, without me, you can do nothing. So the one who is actually doing the work, the one who is serving, the one who is giving, is God himself. All good things come from God. All good things come from above. So it's Christ who is working. It's Christ himself who is giving. It's Christ himself who is serving in us. St. Augustine says, a Christian is a mind through which Christ thinks, a heart through which Christ loves, a voice through which Christ speaks, and a hand through which Christ helps. That's the definition of a Christian. Just a vessel through which God can work and serve and give. So first and foremost, when we talk about service and the one who gives, it's really not me. If I'm serving, I'm not the one serving. It's just God serving through me. And my service is effective in as much as I allow God to work through me and to give through me and to serve through me. Right now, what is it that God gives? When we talk about service and we talk about giving and offering, what is that gift? That gift is Christ himself. When God gives, he doesn't give us a gift. He gives us himself as the gift, right? St. John Chrysostom says, Christ is the offerer and the offering. He is the one who offers, and he's the offering itself. St. Cyril says, thus Christ is the offerer, the priest, and the victim. Right? So he's both the shepherd and the lamb. He's the priest and the sacrifice. So when God gives us, he gives us himself. So when we're serving, what are we giving? We're giving Christ. He is the offering. He is the gift. 
all service comes down to that. The essence of service is about giving Christ to others. And if that's not what I'm giving, then service is worthless. If I'm not giving Christ, what am I giving? And a lot of times we fool ourselves to think that, you know, we're working and doing this and that, but it's just like a hassle and we're distracted, kind of like Martha. And she was distracted with so much stuff and Christ said, that's not service, right? Service is about Christ. It's about being filled with Him and giving Him to others, okay? Now, this is evident especially in the Eucharist. Okay, look at this icon up here. It's Christ with Luke and Cleopas as, you know, they come to the culmination of that event on the road to uh, Emmaus. But think about who's actually giving you the Eucharist. When you come to take communion, who's the one giving you the Eucharist? It's not the priest, it's not me. It's Christ giving himself to you. St. John Chrysostom says, when you see the priest administering the Eucharist to you, don't think that the priest does this, but consider rather that it is Christ you see stretching out his hand. It is Christ who is stretching out his hand to give himself to you. So when you come to take communion, don't think that Father Joseph is giving you Christ. Christ himself is giving himself to you. Right? And so we're called to emulate this in our daily life. Right? We all have a spiritual priesthood. St. Peter says in 1 Peter 2, 5, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Okay, we have that holy priesthood. Right? We reflect the priesthood of Christ. Maybe we're not all ordained priests like myself, but as Christians, we are to live as priests out in the world, right? And the priest just offers. What is it that we're offering? Christ himself, okay? Now, who's receiving the offering? We said two questions, right? The first one is, who's the one giving? And then the second one is, what is that gift that we're giving, the offering that we're giving? But who's the one receiving the offering? Right? When we love, when we serve, who's the recipient of that offering? Look at this icon up here. What's this icon of? It's the Good Samaritan, right? Who's Christ here? We typically think that Christ is the Good Samaritan, right? The one that goes and takes care of the wounded man who fell among thieves and so on, right? But if you look a little closer, you'll notice that they both look identical. And you'll even see that the man who is wounded has the, the nail piercings in his wrists and his feet. Right? That's because the one we serve is Christ himself. Right? Didn't, didn't Christ tell us that, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto who? Unto me, right? So when we go to serve, when we go to the poor, to the sick, we're meeting Christ, right? And this is evident in the parable of the Good Samaritan. Christ is the one who descended, came down, was beaten, afflicted, abused, and was left for dead, right? That's what Christ did for us in becoming man. 
right? And so when we go to serve, we are encountering Christ. And that's the reason why service is full of joy. Because it's filled with who? With Christ. St. Epiphanius says, Christ is all. The priest, the altar, the sacrifice, the lamb, the king, the man, and God. So service is joyful because it's filled with Christ from every ankle. Christ is the one who gives. Christ is the one who receives. And Christ is the offering itself. So from every angle, it's all about Christ. Now, when you serve and you're immersed in the life of Christ, you're immersed in that joy. Right? Because the life of Christ is joy. The life of Christ is filled with joy. And so if service is the life which fills us with Christ, then service is the life that fills us with joy. If I'm immersed in the life of Christ, then I am immersed in the life of joy. St. Porphyrius says, Christ is joy. He is life. He is light. Christ is everything. He's the ultimate desire. He's everything. Everything beautiful is in Christ. When you find Christ, it's enough for you. You don't want anything else. You calm down. You become another person. Where there's love for Christ, loneliness disappears. You're peaceful, joyful, fulfilled. You have the joy of Christ. It's joy that lasts eternally. Joy that is eternal gladness. It's the joy of our Lord. The joy that encompasses all joy. And if you read the way St. Porphyrius describes this, you could sense that his life just overflowed with joy because of experiencing that life of service. When I serve, I walk in the footsteps of Christ. I share in His life. Like I participate in that joy. And I give Christ. He is the one in my hands that I'm offering to others. And I encounter Him. I meet Him face to face in the one that I serve. What sounds more joyful than that? Service is an amazing source of joy. That's why he says it's more blessed to what? To give than to receive. In Hebrews 13 too, St. Paul talks about a certain person who entertained strangers in the past. He says, don't forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Who's he referring to here? Abraham. Because Abraham was hospitable. He entertained strangers, not like, you know, entertainment like watching TV. <laughs> he served them, right? He was out waiting for them, right? When strangers would walk by, he would invite them to feed them and to wash their feet and so on. In Genesis 18, verse 1 and 2, the Lord appeared to Abraham, the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, and as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day, he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him, and when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. Right? And so, because Abraham was focused on service, right? he was preoccupied with a life of love and a life of offering his time and his energy even out in the heat of the day. 
right? Don't miss that part. That he was out in the heat of the day. He was making a big sacrifice. And because he was serving in this way, who did he encounter? Christ. He encountered his Lord. The Lord appeared to him. And so we know that this has happened to several people, not just Abraham. And when God appeared to St. Peshoy and told him that I'll come to the mountain so the rest of the monks can come and see me, everyone ran up to the mountain the very next day. And because their focus was egocentric, they weren't really thinking about service, they actually ran up the mountain and passed by this old man and everybody missed Christ. Who's the only one who saw Christ? The one who went to the mountain unselfishly. The one who went to the mountain with a heart of service. Who saw this old man and said, it's not about me and satisfying my desires. And you know, Even spiritually speaking, a lot of time we have this spiritual greed. Like, I want this, I want that. And everybody going up the mountain just wanted to see Christ. It's all about me and me and me and me. Whereas this old man was just standing there with no one to help him. St. Bishoy went to help him because his focus, his primary objective was to serve. And so he encountered Christ. He saw him face to face. He encountered the source of joy. Right? Another St. Bishoy, a more recent one, St. Bishoy Kamil, also saw Christ in a beautiful way. There's a story when he was driving along and he saw a stranger that needed a little bit of help off on the side of the road. And so he offered to give him a ride. And so when the stranger came in and he told him to take him to this specific place, he kept driving around and the person was like redirecting him from one place to another. And it was kind of like taking him on this strange path. And so... It didn't really make sense why he's lagging and telling him to turn here and turn there. It felt like an aimless journey, right? And then finally, like in the middle of nowhere, this stranger tells him, okay, this is good enough, you can let me out here. He's like, wait, let me at least take you to wherever you're going so you can arrive to your destination. He's like, no, no, this is fine. And he opens the door while the car is still kind of moving and he like, tries to rush out. And so St. Pashur is like trying to keep him safe. And so he reaches out to try to hold him so he doesn't jump out of the moving car. And he's just trying to like slam on the brakes at the same time. And in that moment, as he reaches out to, to grab his, his arm, he notices the nail piercings in his wrist. And it was Christ himself that appeared to him to deviate his path as he's driving because there were a few people plotting to murder him along the road. And they know where he was going and where he was stopping. So he delayed him saved his life in that most beautiful way because he was attentive to his neighbor, right? Because he wanted to serve. When we serve, we find life, we find joy, we find our salvation, right? Now, if your life is lacking joy, you have to wonder if it's because it's lacking a commitment to service, right? That's the question that you and I have to ask ourselves. If my life is lacking joy, 
we have to ask ourselves if it's because there's a lack of service in my life. We say that this is the season of joy, right? But unfortunately, this is the season when depression and stress and anxieties are always skyrocketing. There's just tons of statistics out that tell you how bad it gets during this season. Why is that? And it could be for many reasons. It could be because people are lonely and family struggles and so on. But one reason is because of the increased consumerism going on during the season. Right? That's one of the many reasons why there's so much more stress, so much more depression going on. Because it becomes a season of consumerism. Right? We're just focused on getting more and more and more. And even whenever you're buying gifts for other people, you kind of get sucked into like that slippery slope where you worry about your image and exchanging gifts and, you know, how much do I have to spend on this person? Or like, am I going to get them a gift? Or are they going to get me a gift? Like how much are they going to spend on me so I can know how much to spend on them? And it kind of goes down this like complicated road. And so the people that are filled with joy during this season are the people that are preserving the spirit of love and service, right? And you see that, like, throughout these last couple of weeks, the church has been engaged in different services, and I see so many people filled with joy, that, like, everyone from the church going out to serve and to give. And because we're giving, because we're serving, we're joyful. Joy is born of pure, unselfish love. And so, I'll just leave you with uh, this story. You might have heard it before, but a, a long time ago, I was uh, asked to go give communion to someone in the hospital. And as I go into the hospital, somebody comes out and he sees a priest. And so he stops me and says, like, Father, um, you know, I see that you're a priest. Uh, one of my relatives is uh, up in room, you know, so-and-so. If you could be kind enough to just go and visit her to pray for her, you know, she has a lot going on. She's very, very sick. I'm like, okay, I remember the room number and told him after I go see the person I'm going to give communion to, then I'll go right over. So I went and gave this person communion. Like, I don't know who this person is that I'm going to go visit um, right after. But I go to that room, kind of knock on the door, and I like peek in. <laughs> There's this random guy. I'm like, hello. Um, you know, your relative so-and-so told me to come and, uh, and to, to see you and to, to check on you, to pray with you. Um, so it's an opportunity to, to come and say hi to visit you. So I come in, I greet, I greet her, I introduce myself, all of that stuff. I learn a little bit about her life. She's in the hospital for like a hundred different things. She has like heart failure, like liver failure, kidney failure, every kind of failure that you could think of. And like she's like struggling to breathe, like you can tell that she's really, really sick, right? But like as I'm talking to her, she's very open. Like you can tell that despite all of the pain, like she's been through a lot, right? She seems like a very strong woman. And so she shares a little bit about her past with me and like a little bit more about her life. And she tells me that just a couple of years ago, her son died. And so this wasn't like an old lady, not like some teta in her 80s or something. 
She's probably like, like 50 or so. And so she had recently lost her son. And, and I can only imagine how painful that could be for her. So I'm just like listening. I'm just trying to give her a shoulder to lean on because you could tell like she's remembering that pain and so on. So Master, like, like I, I can only imagine how hard that's been. How, how have you been dealing with it and so on? She said, Father Joseph, it's not easy. It's been one of the most painful experiences of my life. But you know the only thing that gives me any sense of consolation or comfort or joy is whenever I go and I serve others. You know, it's always painful, like living with that memory. But in that moment that I go to serve, just for that moment, I feel the weight of all that pain lifted off my shoulders. And it's then that I feel a sense of relief. And it makes sense because when we step outside of ourselves, when we give our hearts to others, when we serve, we experience the joy of service, right? The selfish life is a stressful life. It's a bitter life. The life of love, the life of humility, the life of sacrifice, the life of service is joyful because we step outside of the bounds of our ego, right? We're liberated, we're free. Love and service liberates us. It allows us to experience the joy of Christ. May God give us a heart of service and a heart of joy that we may resemble St. Mary and Elizabeth and the saints who went out and served with their whole heart unto God as do our glory forever. Amen.